Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls a little bit later this hour. Joining us now, one of our favorites on all things NFL. What a crazy four days it was in that league. Buffalo goes to Dallas and stops the Cowboys last Thursday. And then yesterday's games included a Miami Dolphins touchdown unlike any I've ever seen before. Ron Rivera and the Panthers lost their fourth straight, this one at the hands of Washington. There was an NFL player suspended for an entire season recently for gambling-related reasons, but because most people don't know who he is, it has not been that big of a story. Darren Gant is here to help us sort through all of these things as Las Vegas has now crowned the Baltimore Ravens as their numerical favorite to win the whole thing. Darren, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. David Glenn Show, uh, belated happy Thanksgiving to you. How are you? I'm doing well, Dave. Just uh, working on knocking out all those leftovers as we speak. It's that time of year. Hey, Amen. My wife's out of town, so I'm trying to stretch those leftovers as many days as I possibly can. Uh, we often hear that the NFL is a copycat league. When you saw that crazy Miami Dolphins touchdown as they upset the Philadelphia Eagles, for those who didn't see it, it was the punter on a fourth and goal. The punter with a backhanded flip to the kicker for a touchdown on an actual play from scrimmage. This was not, you know, a f fake field goal or something. Do you believe that that ends up in other teams' playbooks, and had you ever seen anything like that before? Uh, that one was a new one to me. I kind of hope we do see it, to Heck be yeah. honest with you. And I think a lot of people could benefit from it. One thing I'll say about uh, the Dolphins, Brian Flores has been punching above his weight all year. That is not a talented roster, and, and by making some of the moves they made, they gave every signal that they were serious about uh, not winning games. But he looks like he might be a pretty good coach, and, and there's a time to be solid, and there's a time to be steady, and there's a time to just go YOLO and say, you know what, we got weird stuff in the book. Let's have some fun. I, I think as you know, probably one of the things, if you weren't fortunate enough to see the Ravens and 49ers yesterday, you looked around the league and you saw a lot of really bad football teams playing really bad football and a lot of half-empty stadiums and, and disinterested fans. And I think, you know, one of the things I always try to do every now and then is replace the word fan with customer. And if you're trying to draw people to come watch your product this time of year and you're not going to the playoffs and you're not terribly interested otherwise – I think you've got an obligation to do stuff like that or, or at least try to have a little fun with this thing to keep people interested. Darren Gann is joining us. Find his work at ProFootballTalk.com, also NBCSports.com. On Twitter, he is at Darren Gant. I have read that before I was born, former NFL commissioner Pete Rozelle took a couple of guys that were among the most famous NFL players of all, Paul Horning, one of them, and suspended them for an entire season for gambling on NFL games. It was interesting on Friday, the NFL kind of squeezed in a report about a player named Josh Shaw that most of us have no idea who he is. And he is suspended until at least 2021 for gambling on football games. What happened there? Is it similar to what happened many years ago? Because, you know, baseball proves with the Pete Rose story how seriously it takes even betting on your own team to win. Uh, and the Josh Shaw story seemed to slide into the headlines on Friday as most of us were uh, thinking about that Thursday triple header and then the games awaiting us on Sunday. 
Sure. And if anybody had ever heard of Josh Shaw, it would have only been because he was involved in a weird deal at Stanford where he claimed he had jumped off a balcony to save a drowning kid. And that wasn't really the story at all. So, um, you know, there are some layers of shady to this, but I, I find it interesting. I mean, as you mentioned, this that's kind of the, you know, for whatever reason, the unforgivable sin from these guys, even though they said there's no necessary evidence that Shaw he hasn't even been around the Cardinals. So uh, they were pretty clear about saying they don't believe he was involved in any insider uh, information type stuff with this thing. But, yeah, I mean, it scares him to death. I mean, unless, you know, the city of Las Vegas and the state of Nevada is offering $700 million to move a team there or anything. So, you know, uh, unless there's real money on the line, the league takes a dim view of gambling. The Freddie Kitchens Pittsburgh started at T-shirt went viral heading into the weekend and of course the Steelers end up beating the Browns on the one hand Darren we hear that you know no bulletin board material ever matters once somebody hits somebody in the mouth it all goes out the window on the other hand I saw some Steelers players quoted saying Freddie Kitchens put his Browns players in jeopardy you know easy for a coach to to come up with a t-shirt like that uh, and some Browns fans are unhappy that Freddie Kitchens uh, should be sticking to coaching, if you will. What did you make of that? And, you know, much ado about very little, or in your experience, you know, does that can that kind of thing actually contribute to another Browns loss in a season that seems to be swirling down the drain for a franchise that, for once, the first time in a long time, actually had a little hype this summer? Yeah, David, I, I'm not right very often, but I am a little bit proud of calling early on that Freddie Kitchens might have been in over his head yeah. on the steal. He just, I mean, it, it's all fun and games, and everybody likes Freddie, and he's a great guy and tells funny stories and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, it was just, it looked like a bad fit from the start, and he looked like a guy who was just, you know, good at calling football plays and good with football players and popular in the locker room, but not very good at being a CEO. And that's what a that's what a head coach in the NFL has to be. These guys are managers first and foremost, and unless they're, you know, able to deal in crisis management on a routine basis, and in that job uh, more so than any other probably, you're going to fail. I mean, it's going to be a mess. You're going to run into institutional barriers to success in Cleveland that you don't have to deal with in other places. So um, it's unfortunate, and I think a lot of people got fired up for no good reason, but you could almost see this one coming. I felt like I've read the Tom Brady is finally getting caught by Mother Nature uh, or Father Time story. You know, I feel like maybe 10 years in a row I have read some version of that. When you saw the Patriots' offense struggle again until late in that loss to the Houston Texans this weekend, I mean, on the one hand, New England is still 10-2, and and I've, again, heard this story around Tom Brady for a long time, but supposedly Tom Brady's quarterback numbers since a really good start in September essentially match Mitch Trubisky's quarterback numbers with the Bears since September. Uh, you know, what's real, what's not real when it comes to that story? Because if the Patriots are going to make another run at another Super Bowl, it's going to have to be more than that, you know, mostly great defense of Bill Belichick. Yeah, I don't, you know, I've been watching them pretty closely the last couple weeks. and, And, you know, to my uneducated eye, I don't necessarily see Tom Brady as an old guy. I see a guy who's running out of people to throw to. 
he's used to having a Hall of Fame tight end and Rob Gronkowski out there as a safety valve. And, and so much of their passing game was built inside out, and a lot of it was based on having uh, Gronkowski running seam routes down the middle of the field. So without that, it's like, oh, what do we do now? And you could kind of see uh, in him talking to teammates on the sidelines uh, when they weren't on the field, and Houston did a good job of keeping the ball away from him. Um, you know, last night, you could tell Tom's frustrated. You could tell that he doesn't have any any marked level of trust in anybody on that offense other than probably Julian Edelman and maybe to a left degree James White. But other, and those guys aren't playmakers. Those guys aren't difference makers. So I, I think it's hard for him, you know, and it's easy for people to say, oh, he's finally fallen off the cliff. He's finally gotten too old. There's nothing about the way he's thrown them all. I mean, I watch New Orleans. Drew Brees looks like a guy who can't throw it as hard as he used to. Drew Brees looks like the guy who's getting old. Tom Brady doesn't. He just doesn't have the dudes around him. According to the revised numbers out in Las Vegas, only four teams have better than 10-1 to 1 odds to win this year's Super Bowl. They are the Ravens, uh, the new leader at 5-2 to two odds, the Saints, the Patriots, and the 49ers at the 12 game mark of the regular season is it too early for you to you know feel like the champion will come from among those four uh because you know as minnesota visits seattle tonight on monday night football i think there are folks that would pick uh, maybe seattle maybe minnesota uh the healthy ver- healthy patrick mahomes version of the chiefs uh, the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers, or, or maybe even somebody else. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned a couple of them. The one off the top of my head, I would say, is Seattle, but I think probably getting shorted at that thing. And I say that for one very simple reason. I'm tired of being wrong about Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just sick of being wrong saying that guy <laughs> isn't the deal. You know, I mean, and there are things about Russ. I you know, I still don't know that he's the most talented quarterback. But my gosh, all he does is take less talented uh, teams and drag them along farther than they ever should have gone. So, and it looks like he's in the midst of doing it again. I, I'm really impressed by what they've put together. Now, well, you know, we'll see how all those parts fit. I think bringing in a Josh Gordon was a, you know, a little bit of a gamble. But when you've got a Russell Wilson, you can afford to take risk like that. And I think it's interesting. They don't have the defensive personnel they've had in the past. Um, but again, it's, it's Russ and he's, he's just that guy and anybody who wasn't convinced by it should be this season. Uh, even though they probably should have been long before now, you have spent a lot of years covering the Carolina Panthers. They have Mm -hmm. now lost four in a row. They have lost five of six. They gave up about 250 rushing yards to Washington yesterday. Kyle Allen got sacked seven times and turned the ball over twice. Greg Olson got knocked out uh, by Washington on an ugly-looking play. What is, how do you describe the bigger picture of Ron Rivera's future, Marty Herney's future? It just feels like the season has gotten away. And when I think of, like, the payroll and decisions that have to be made on Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey right. and a whole bunch of others. I imagine David Tepper's doing some serious soul searching about which people he wants on his team as he navigates what's going to be a really multi-layered offseason here. Uh, yeah, and, you know, we could write a Russian novel about what is going to happen there this offseason. I don't know that of the three main people anybody cares about primarily, 
uh, being Ron Rivera, Marty Kearney, Cam Newton. I don't know that any of the three are linked in any material way. I think you got to make those decisions almost independently of one another. Um, and it's going to be complicated because I don't think you can know how Cam's going to be until you get an idea on the status of his foot. Whether he, I mean, still no word on whether he's thinking about having surgery, which could set back a, um, you know, a potential availability for the off season, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot going on. There was um, there was a little bit of a flashback to me uh, when Jerry Richards and talked about the end of George Seifert, and he said the energy's been sucked out of the stadium. It sort of felt like that yesterday. Yeah. It was a bright, sunshiny day, and a lot of people in Charlotte found something better to do than watch a game between two really bad football teams. And uh, at the same time, I look at the body of work of Ron Rivera. This guy's a good head coach. If he gets fired, he's probably going to be a head coach yeah. somewhere again in the NFL next year. And I don't know if you can automatically find an upgrade. I don't know who that guy is. I know a lot of people just want clean sweep. They want new. They want a head on a pike. But I don't know that it's going to be as easy as people think to find somebody better than Ron Rivera. You could probably find somebody different from Ron Rivera. But, I mean, really, if you didn't want Ron Rivera fired, say, uh, on the first day of training camp going into the season, you're only firing him now because Cam Newton got hurt. His name is Darren Gant. Find his work at ProFootballTalk.com and NBCSports.com. The wonderful Peter King has a weekly column at that same fine website. DG, thank you for your time on the David Glenn Show. We are thankful for you as we wish you a belated happy Thanksgiving. Yep, same to you, buddy. Good to talk to you again. You got it. Darren Gant on Twitter, at Darren Gant, D-A-R-I-N-G-A-N-T-T. On Twitter, 1-800-849-2761. More of your best and worst of the weekend. Yes, I do get all of your votes, so they have trickled in beyond the NFL, beyond college football, beyond the NBA and college basketball. Yes, I do document all the votes I get, so just to be official, congrats to Wake Forest and Clemson and UVA. They're all alive in the Elite Eight of the NCAA Men's Soccer Tournament. I mention that in part because the Final Four of that same event will be right here in Cary, Wake Med Soccer Park, on December 13th and 15th. Also, shout out to Anson Dorrance and the UNC women's soccer team. They are they have advanced to yet another Final Four, which will be out in San Jose uh, starting on Friday. The Tar Heels of Anson Dorrance have won 21 NCAA titles. Nobody else in that sport has more than three, so that's a large advantage. 21 for the Tar Heel women. However, they have not won one since 2012, so that is a drought by their standards. The Hurricanes split over the weekend that was. The Hornets split over the weekend that was. We were there as the Tar Heels dominated the Wolfpack at Carter-Finley Stadium. We're headed to Charlotte for the Clemson-UVA ACC championship game. Remember, you can still win free four free Continental tires just by registering to make yourself eligible at BigTailGateTour.com. It's the first time that we are qualifying you just for registering online. Usually you got to make a tire toss or two through the tire in the Continental Tire Toss. This year, just register. It's the last week to register at the website, BigTailGateTour.com. Guests are in the books. Back to your calls statewide on the David Glenn Show. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports world? A lot of football, a lot of basketball so far. We will glance ahead 
at the week to come, including the ACC Big Ten Challenge in college basketball. The new AP poll is out, and as always, the ACC and our neighborhood are well represented there. More on that story with more of your phone calls, 1-800-849-2761. You can be next on The David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Reminder, we are giving away a pair of Carolina Hurricanes tickets today. Just for fun, we'll use the hashtag Cyber Monday Deals. Usually that means big discounts. Today it just means free. We're sending you to the Canes game against Eric Stahl and the Minnesota Wild this Saturday night. If you want to win those tickets, make sure you're available this Saturday. We hate when they go to waste. They're really good lower-level seats. More on that in just a little bit. Malachi and Williamston, Gary and Wilson and others want in on best or worst of the weekend. 1-800-849-2761. To win the Canes tickets, I will have trivia for you just a little bit later. The one thing I promised was on college basketball. Malachi has both college football and the NFL on his mind. He has two good topics. We'll go to him shortly. Gary and Wilson also has football in his mind. Quickly on basketball, the new AP poll is out. And whereas, of course, it's out every week around this time, I, I thought it was worth mentioning this time because the ACC Big Ten challenges this week for college basketball fans. It actually starts tonight. It's only Miami against Illinois and Clemson against Minnesota, so not as much to watch tonight. But looking forward, now that I've seen the new AP rankings, I was, I'm a college hoops guy to the core. So I was going to be excited either way, and it's been part of my job to cover the ACC since about 1987. So I get up for these games at this time of year, especially, they're harder to find, right? You have more non-conference matchups. And for every stone-cold stunner, Stephen F. Austin over Duke in Cameron, there are a lot of predictable results, et cetera. Well, as you look at the whole ACC Big Ten Basketball Challenge, again, starting tonight with some lesser matchups, tomorrow's six games include Duke at Michigan State. The Blue Devils are 10th in today's poll, and I would argue they're one of the four, five, half-dozen most dangerous teams in the country, meaning it's one thing, what, how would you rank somebody right now? And because they lost at home to Stephen F. Austin, yeah, of course they're going to slide in the rankings a little bit. And then there's a different rankings, if you will. Who has the highest ceiling in college basketball? To me, Duke is on a sh really short, short list in terms of having a chance to win the whole thing again. It would be NCAA title number six for Mike Krzyzewski. Long way to go and a lot of hurdles to get over to get there. But in terms of tomorrow's matchups, it'll be number 10 Duke, previously number one in the country in the polls, against number 11 Michigan State, previously number one in the AP polls. And the Michigan-Louisville matchup looks even more tasty than it might have a month or so ago. The Wolverines, who won the tournament in the Bahamas this past week by, in part, beating the North Carolina Tar Heels to get to that championship game, Michigan went from unranked to number four 
And because Duke became the third number one AP team to lose, Michigan State, remember, on the first day of the season, then Kentucky was promoted to number one, then the Wildcats, remember, lost to Evansville. Another just example of the chaos of the thing that we eventually can end up calling March Madness. Duke loses at home, so the Devils fall from the number one slot. Louisville is promoted to number one. So when Duke and Michigan State go head-to-head tomorrow, it'll be number 10 versus number 11 in the revised polls. And when Michigan visits Louisville, it's the number four Wolverines against the number one Louisville Cardinals. Wednesday's matchups include Ohio State against UNC. In today's poll, the Buckeyes are number six and the Tar Heels are number seven. So that game, certainly worth watching as well. A slow start this evening for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Nothing at all slow about the lineup on Tuesday and Wednesday night. 1-800-849-2761. Malachi in Williamston, North Carolina. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? Great. I was the first one in Auburn in uh, Alabama. Yeah. I it, it kind of shocked me, but I always believed in Auburn, and they always have a shock team. I, I don't take anything from Alabama because they've proven in time past that they were, were the greatest. Yeah. They were. No doubt. I, I give Auburn a lot of credit, man. They were home, but they had a freshman quarterback, and Nick's did his job, and Alabama was missing two, of course, uh, and the Tide scored a bunch anyway. But I thought that was one of the most exciting games of the weekend. Auburn 48 Alabama 45, it's always good to beat your rival. It's especially good to knock your rival out of the college football playoff picture. And that's exactly what Auburn just did to Alabama. Right. And the worst of the worst of the week to me, in my opinion, I've been a Cowboy fan going back to Bob Hayes, Jeff Rowe. Oh, yeah. I, I've been a lot. But, and I'm a fan, but I cannot understand why Jason Garrett has not been fired yet. I, I get it. Not, I get it. And, you know, I watched a lot of that game. It was Buffalo at Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. So we ate. We actually timed our dinner. I requested of my wife, the lovely and talented Maria, as I call her, hey, anyway, we could have an early dinner because that first game was like Bears-Lions. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Is that really a good use of our time? Whereas the Bills against the Cowboys, Sean McDermott's done a heck of a job with Buffalo. And as an Eagles fan, I haven't been an Eagles fan quite as long as you've been a Cowboys fan, Malachi, because I was not around for the the bullet Bob Hayes days. I came along a little bit after that. But I'm familiar with the rivalry, and of course the Cowboys and the Eagles have been neck and neck in leading what has turned out to be a mediocre NFC East. I mention this because it was a good game, but the Bills, not I thought they convincingly beat the Cowboys. And you're you're right to be frustrated because the bottom line is Jason Garrett has all the weapons you could possibly want on the offensive side of the ball. And I know Buffalo is a good defensive team, but you're at home in front of all your fans at Jerry's World. You have Dak Prescott as your quarterback. You have Ezekiel Elliott as your running back. You have one of the better offensive lines in football. You have Amari Cooper and others as targets at wideout. And you just laid an egg against the Bills. And now you're only 6-6. Six and six. I think the answer to your question about why Jason Garrett has not been fired yet is that the Cowboys might still make the playoffs, right? They're 6-6. Six and six. And if you're Jerry Jones, who's been already, remember when the Cowboys lost to the Patriots, Jerry Jones was very vocal about how the coaches contributed to that defeat. 
Remember, he's like, hey, special teams is mostly about coaching, and the Patriots just did well, and we did very poorly. I mean, he did everything but say Jason Garrett is hanging by a thread publicly. He's not going to fire a guy who has a chance to lead his team into the postseason. And right now, the Cowboys still lead the NFC East. Even after that disappointing Thanksgiving loss to the Bills, they're 6-6. Six and six. Somehow, someway, the Miami freaking Dolphins beat my Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, Brian Flores with Miami started, what, 0-7? And, and I think they're 3-2 and two since then. And they had that crazy gadget play that led to an early touchdown. They end up beating the Eagles. Ryan Fitzpatrick worked a little of his magic. I really think the answer for Malachi is Jason Garrett is not fired yet because Jason Garrett is still in the driver's seat for an NFC East title. And remember, the way NFL rules work, if you win your division, I mean, theoretically, you could win a division at like 6-10 and 10 if everybody in your, your division was bad. It won't be that bad. But at this point, would anybody be surprised if the champion of the NFC East was 8-8? Eight and eight? I wouldn't be. The Eagles and the Cowboys both have great strengths but obvious weaknesses. And it very well could come down to that head-to-head -head matchup between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Remember that if you win your division, you get a playoff home game, period. The way the rules work, the two best records get a bye, remember, or an open week, whatever you want to put it, bye into the next round. And the divisional winners, the other two divisional winners, get to host. So imagine if you're like the 49ers or the Seahawks. Well, you can't both win your division, right? So one could get – you could be like a 13-3 and three wild card and have to go on the road to like 8-8 eight and eight Dallas or 8-8 eight and eight Philadelphia. That's the way the rules work. And not everybody likes those rules, but that's, that's the way it may unfold in the NFC right now. The bottom line for Jason Garrett is if he doesn't take the Cowboys where Jerry Jones thinks they should go – Jason Garrett might not make it past this season. But hes I think Jerry Jones just said publicly in response to the media over this past weekend, uh, Jason Garrett is our coach through the end of this year. And we'll revisit that decision at the end of this year. It was an ugly turkey day for Dallas fans. It was an ugly Sunday for Eagles fans and Jets fans and Panthers fans. But Jason Garrett's going to lead this Cowboys team wherever, wherever it goes. Jason Garrett and Ron Rivera – remember, are two of the seven longest-tenured head coaches in the NFL. The other five have all won at least one Super Bowl. When you're around nine or ten years, and this is year nine for Ron Rivera with the Panthers, year ten for Jason Garrett with the Cowboys, it's kind of like what we described earlier at the college level. If you're Steve Adazio, Boston College head coach for seven seasons, and you've never gotten more than seven wins in a single season – People get tired of that show, and it's just on to the next guy. doesn't mean you were horrible. Guy got six bowl-eligible teams in seven years at Boston College, which can be a harder place to win because of academic standards and other things. But it wasn't good enough. Why? Because he never had higher peaks. They get tired of six wins or seven wins. And in the NFL, if you're Ron Rivera in year nine and you're not going to make the playoffs, or you're Jason Garrett in year 10 – and maybe you make it, maybe you don't. It's not just your fans that are going to get tired of that. It's the owner who's going to get tired of that because the other guys who have been head coaches in this league that long, nine or ten years or longer, Belichick, Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin, you know the rest of that list, all of them 
all of the guys who've been around longer than Rivera and Garrett already have, in most cases, one Super Bowl title to their credit. In the case of Jason Garrett, not even a trip to the Super Bowl in a decade with the Cowboys, much less a Super Bowl title. Jerry won three as a young owner or as a relatively new owner back in the 1990s. Jerry Jones led the Cowboys or was with, you know, the owner of the Cowboys as they won three Super Bowl titles, two under Jimmy Johnson, one under Barry Switzer. It has been, what, a quarter of a century wait since then? Almost a quarter of a century. That's making Jerry impatient. He's not getting any younger. And Jason Garrett in year 10 definitely is hanging by a thread, but has a chance to change that narrative because he's still in position for a postseason bid. Gary and Wilson, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Gary, are you there? All right, we'll get Gary on the other side. We'll also give away Kane's tickets on the other side. I will have a trivia question. We have two lower-level tickets for you to see the Canes against Eric Stahl and the Minnesota Wild this Saturday. Anybody going Thursday, by the way, I will see you there. The Canes host the Sharks on Thursday, so I'll see you at PNC Arena. I'm taking uh, some of my old guys and some of my new guys. Uh, Brian Geisinger and Hayes Permar of Sports Channel 8 will be among my guests. And former ACC Sports Journal editor and eternally great intern here on the David Glenn Show, Mark Carroll, is going to join us as well. So I'll see you at PNC Thursday for the Canes game. I, of course, will not be there Saturday as the Canes host the Minnesota Wild because we're taking the big tailgate tour to Charlotte for the ACC championship game. If you're available this Saturday, please don't try to win unless you can use these tickets. I will ask a Canes trivia question on the other side. We will come back to more of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls. It's last call for phone calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. Free Canes tickets, hashtag Cyber Monday deals, and your phone calls next on the David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn Dukies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hating. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by a hundred. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Svechnikov, second overall pick last year, closing in and fired to flex behind McElhenney. They score! Here's a shot, they score! Jordan Martinuk off the pass from Bishop was wide open down the middle. Carolina makes it 2 nothing. Ajo covering at the point, shoots into a crowd, and it's deflected in with Slavin out in front, and Carolina makes it 3 nothing. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Extended Thanksgiving Weekend. Your questions, your comments, your complaints, and your votes are still welcome. We're about to give away some free Hurricanes tickets. You heard a little bit about their weekend that was. They lost at home to Nashville on Friday night, but they went to Tampa and beat the Lightning on Saturday. Backup netminder James Reimer, one of the stars there this week. The Canes head to Boston tomorrow. The Bruins do have the best record in the NHL as we speak, so that's a big challenge. And then the Canes host the Sharks on Thursday. I'll see you there at PNC Arena. The tickets we're about to give away as we come to your best and worst of the weekend. And, yes, Canes trivia, meaning free Canes tickets for you from us at the David Glenn Show. The tickets we're about to give away 
are, as always, lower-level tickets. But don't try to win unless you're available this Saturday. Again, I'll be there Thursday. These tickets are for Saturday as Eric Stahl and the Minnesota Wild come to PNC Arena. Two lower-level tickets that we will leave at will call in your name on Saturday. Typically, I have a parking pass that go with the tickets I give away. In this particular case, this pair of tickets comes without a parking pass. Uh, for whatever that is worth, that is what you, you are trying to win if you are dialing one 800 849 Quick reminder, since it's hashtag Cyber Monday deals on that ticket giveaway, we had two winners in the annual Canes with DG contest. If you're new to that, you can actually sit in my on-the-glass seats. That is the grand prize. All you have to do is go to Twitter, use the hashtag Canes with DG. I am DG, of course. I'm a season ticket holder. I have great seats down low. If you're the grand prize winner, you sit in my four on-the-glass seats at a 2020 home game of the Hurricanes. But we also this year have weekly winners. So congratulations to Owen Anderson, who got a pair of tickets to, I believe, it is the December 28th game against the Washington Capitals at PNC Arena. Those are in the mail, Owen. Freddie Jones is taking, I believe it's his lovely granddaughter, Freddie won a weekly Canes with DG prize. I think he is headed there to PNC Arena on December 21st as the Hurricanes host the Florida Panthers. So today's giveaway is for this Saturday. We, of course, will continue to have weekly Canes with DG winners on Twitter, at David Glenn Show. Use the hashtag, post any photo with any Hurricanes-related theme. Could be you and your buddies at a game. It could be you in the backyard, you and your cute kid wearing a Hurricanes jersey, whatever. As long as it's a Hurricanes theme and as long as you use the hashtag CanesWithDG, you can join Owen Anderson and Freddie Jones and our other weekly winners. And you might even end up in my four on-the-glass seats if you win the grand prize. 1-800-849-2761. Let's give away some tickets. Hashtag Cyber Monday deal style only here. The prices are not only reduced, the tickets are free. Jeremy is in Sanford, North Carolina. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Jeremy, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Do you get to go to a lot of games, or would this be like a maiden voyage for you if you win? Uh, I think I'm kind of spoiled, man. Uh, you sent me to the uh, home opener. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Have you been since then? No, I haven't. All right, man. Let's try to send Jeremy to his second Canes game of the season. Here's all you need to know. There are four members of the Carolina Hurricanes that have at least 20 points, meaning, you know, goals plus assists. If you can name any of those four Hurricanes with at least 20 points at this point in the season, you will get that pair of tickets to see the Canes host Eric Stahl in the Minnesota Wild on Saturday. All right. Uh, first off, I'll go with uh, Andre Smeshikov. That is correct. You only needed one, man. You, you you can keep going if you want, but you're already a winner. Andre Svechnikov has 11 goals, 18 assists. That is a team best 29 points for the young Russian sniper. So, Jeremy and Sanford, you're going to see the Canes host Eric Stahl in the Minnesota Wild. Could you have given me all four? That would be very impressive. Uh, I could probably give you three. All right. Um, maybe Sebastian Ajo. Yes. Uh, and I want to say he's a, one of the top defender scores and Dougie. That is correct. 
Yes, Svechnikov has 29 points. Dougie Hamilton, from his position on defense, has 28 points. Sebastian Ajo has a team-best 13 goals and 9 assists. That adds up to 22 points. And the only guy you're missing is Turbo. Tevo Teravainen has 26 points, and that puts him in the top four as well. Very well done, Jeremy. Um, you are picking them up. Actually, stay on hold because we need your full name, not on the air, but so I can leave your full name with the folks at Will Call with these tickets to Saturday night's game against Minnesota. 1-800-849-2761. Those who want in on best and worst of the weekend, stay on the line. Those who wanted today's Canes tickets, you can drop if you like. Gary is in Wilson. And next up on the David Glenn Show, Gary, welcome to the program. What was your best or worst of the weekend? Gary on line one. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Thank you, David. Yeah, man. Uh, worst of the weekend, Carolina Panthers, enough said. Painful. Uh, best of the weekend, Appalachian State football for qualifying to host the Sun Belt championship game. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice if the conference tie-ins would permit an App State Wake Forest Bell hmm. Bowl? That would be no fun. Ball, but that would give us a true North Carolina champion. You're right, and the rules really do not allow that, but it would be fun, I agree. And by the way, for those just joining us, remember this. Bowl executives like TV matchups, bowl executives like motivated fan bases – especially if you have a track record of sending thousands of fans and gobbling up bowl tickets. Uh, bowl executives also tend to avoid, A, rematches of the regular season. So anyone thinking, you know, App State, UNC, no, you, you don't get rematches in bowl games. Nobody likes that. And usually they avoid, you know, if you're a, if you're a bowl team regularly, they try not to send you to the same place in back-to-back -back years. So those are among the rules of thumb for you to consider. As uh, I mentioned earlier, even though the Tar Heels are only 6-6, six and six, I promise you bowl executives like UNC as a bowl choice. Why? Because it's a motivated fan base. It's a starving fan base that hasn't been to a bowl in a while. Nobody in the Florida State football fan base is excited about 6-6 six and six and an interim head coach in Odell Haggins and getting your head handed to you by your uh, arch rival, the Florida Gators, this weekend. That is not exactly the catapult into excitement over a bowl destination. Meanwhile, the Tar Heels just smashed their arch rival, NC State. There's all sorts of positive mojo about Mac is back and 6-6, six and six, and it's not the prettiest record, I'm just telling you. When you have a freshman quarterback, Sam Howell, who is setting records and put up a career-best 401 passing yards on the rival Wolfpack, and you have a motivated fan base that hasn't been to bowls every single year the way a lot of other schools' fan bases have been in football, the Tar Heels are quote-unquote only 6-6. Six and six. But after, say, obviously Clemson's going to go to the playoff if it beats Virginia, UVA gets the Orange Bowl in all likelihood, and after that, I mean, 8-4 and four, Virginia Tech does have a large fan base with a good track record for traveling, so the Hokies will be a desirable bowl team. I think Louisville at 7-5 and five is going to be desirable because, again, that was a bad team last year, so the fans are excited about the Scott Satterfield era, just like the Carolina football fans are excited about Mac Brown Part 2. So 8-4 and four, Virginia Tech, 7-5 and five, Louisville, 
And then really, I mean, Wake's had a good season, but Wake just doesn't have a huge fan base. And some of their star players, you know, which could have been TV matchup superpower points, some of their star players are hurt and unavailable. Sage Surratt, uh, Justin Cernad, one of their best defensive players. So it's nothing against Dave Clawson in his 8-4 and four season. 6-6 six and six Carolina will be perceived by bowl executives as a very desirable choice, even though they're sort of at the bottom record-wise of those uh, 10 ACC teams that have qualified for the postseason. Appreciate you hanging in there and contributing. Gary and Wilson, 1-800-849-2761. Keep in mind, we will have the full 10 games this week in major college football. Nowadays, one by one, all these leagues have added a conference championship game. They haven't all had them the whole time. But as App State hosts Louisiana this coming Saturday with the Mountaineers seeking their fourth straight Sun Belt title, and it's, it's a long shot, but they have a shot of ending up in a New Year's Six uh, Bowl game. You get Utah-Oregon on Friday night for the Pac-12 title. The Utes still in the running for a spot in the Final Four. You get Baylor-Oklahoma on Saturday afternoon, Louisiana at App State on Saturday afternoon, Cincinnati at Memphis for the AAC title on Saturday afternoon, Georgia-LSU, uh, Virginia Clemson, of course, will be there with the big tailgate tour in Charlotte as the ACC title game is contested. And then the nightcap will be number one Ohio State against a pretty good Wisconsin team that the Buckeyes trounced earlier this year. That'll be your nightcap on Saturday as all 10 FBS conferences now have conference championship games. You'll see one contested on Friday and the other nine on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch. Next. The great difference between sport and capital E Entertainment and capital S Sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Thanks to Ryan McGee of ESPN for dropping by to talk college football. Darren Gant of NBC for dropping by to talk NFL. Thanks to Dabo Sweeney for his contribution to the program. TV picks tonight led by the beginning of the ACC Big Ten Challenge in college basketball. It is only Miami, Illinois, and Clemson, Minnesota tonight. Blues Blackhawks among NHL options, some college basketball beyond the ACC and the Big Ten. And, of course, it's led by tonight Vikings Seahawks Monday night football. It is 8-3 Minnesota at 9-2 Seattle. Enjoy the games. We'll see you tomorrow. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say... I love the state of North Carolina. Love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.